today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek here. And Jason. It's got the twofer again, and we've got a foursome of stories. So, Jason, why don't you kick us off with the enduring legacy of the Depp Heard trial? The question that's really coming out of this, we all know the outcome and and his great win and her great loss. And the question is, is there a significant impact on the Me Too movement? Is this the end of the Me Too movement? Is just just an isolated case where we had a, what most people think is an unsympathetic uh, female alleged victim who uh, couldn't get the jury on her side and therefore lost this isolated case? Or have we seen a backlash against the five years, right? 2017 through 22, I think that's the, yeah, the reign that's of the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, and then it sort of started it off. And and we, we, we thought there'd be a lasting impact of the we, Me Too movement, but is this now a reset? That's the big question on everyone's mind. It, or was Amber, as you said, just perfectly bad candidate to carry this mantle and it's going to be a one-off? She right. was singularly un- sympathetic. She actually was lying according to this jury uh, and we should just sort of pull that out as an exception and not derail this movement itself. Yeah, I think it's important in these situations when discussing kind of uh, you know, overarching issues to just take a step back and to realize the idiosyncrasies that this case had, the particular elements of this case. And what I've been so struck by, and this has been talked about many, many times, but I think it's really come uh, it's, it's clarified for me at least is the real dislike that people had for Amber Heard, which, by the way, personally, I think a lot of it is unfair. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has been social media spin. But the reality is there. If you look on comments on the YouTube videos that we've put up and other things, it is, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it is like 90, 95% pro-Johnny Depp, anti-Amber Heard from both men and women alike. So I think it is difficult to draw any conclusion from that, that the Me Too movement has taken a step back. It seems more this is isolated. Yeah, I want to push back a little bit. I think you're right. The way I've been reading these comments is it's, the, the initial read I had was, is this just, you know, older white men clinging to their last vestiges of power uh, while the earth uh, moves beneath their feet? And that's what a lot of people said, like, oh, they're going to naturally be inclined to follow a Johnny Depp because this is the person they can really rally behind to stop the Me Too movement. I don't think that's been what's what we've been seeing. We've been seeing it across the board. That said, I do want I do think this has a real impact on the movement because one of the central tenets of the Me Too movement was believe victims, believe victims. That was, it it was, don't question them, listen to their stories. Uh, You know, there were all these statistics thrown out about 90, more than 99% of the stories are actually based in truth, even if not fully true, have a kernel of truth. And we need to therefore have a presumption that what we're being told by people who say they were abused is true. That was blown up in this case. And and, and you're right. Maybe she's in the 0.01% of people who just absolutely fabricate stories. It, it, it was it was so central. You know, I think of it this way, Jason. I think, you know, uh, First Amendment cases are made by the difficult things that people say, not by the easy things that people say. So Amber, yes, is a difficult person to situate into the Me Too movement. But that's where the Me Too movement is the most important, right? When you have someone who says they're a victim but isn't, necessar- isn't necessarily a sympathetic person. Uh, are you suggesting that the Me Too movement, that the verdict in this case is a reflection on the passing uh, of the Me Too movement, or are you saying that the verdict in this case is going to inspire a backlash against Me Too? So so now we are less likely to believe women going forward because we have an Amber Heard who people didn't believe. I think that's that's what I'm saying more, is that this will spark a repudiation of the entire movement in a way that it shouldn't, right? Right. I mean, I I don't think anyone would say that this one-off situation should have 
have a dramatic impact to reverse the entirety of the Me Too movement. I guess some people would say they disagree yeah, with it, with sure. it, you know, at inception. But that's that's a fringe sort of yeah. uh, element. But I do think it will inspire this. It seems to be a repudiation of that moment in history where we were saying, let's believe everyone. There are a lot of abusers out there. And now we've got to, like, you know, pull the rug up and see all the cockroaches scatter. It's not just Harvey Weinstein. And remember, the movement got kind of far afield. It went yeah. into it started with the Harvey Weinsteins and the Bill Cosby's. But then it got out into the um, what's the guy from Master of None? Oh, uh Aziz, Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari, Aziz Ansari where it started to feel like, has this movement gone too far? Was this just a bad date? And I remember tracing that, and I was like, well, at some point it's going to capture someone who doesn't seem to uh, fit into the Me Too movement, and there's yeah. going to be a pendulum swing. And I think we're now there. I think it's dangerous for, for you and me as a couple of you know uh, privileged white dudes Absolutely. to be talking about this necessarily or to take, taking positions. But look, if, if if those numbers that you sort of threw out, and I, I granted you weren't being scientific about yeah. it, those 99% of women should be believed. We know that's not the case, right? It's a larger percentage than 1% where claims are concocted. And there have been enough stories, the Duke lacrosse story of about 15 years ago, if you remember that, the Tawani Brawley story of 25 years ago, if you remember that. There are enough isolated stories that we know it's greater than 1%. The concern that I have is we know that the vast majority of women who come forward are telling the truth. We know that men have found shelter in the court systems and in their in their privilege for a long, long time. And if if we're going to hold up, uh, you know, this one case as the as the new the the, the new beacon, meaning that most women don't tell the truth or that we really need to look with a sideways, sideways glance at, at, at women's claims, that that really does do a disservice to the movement and to women everywhere, and it's going to caused the same problems we had up until a few years ago. Now, I want to talk about Tarana Burke, who is the founder, uh, to the extent there is a founder of the Me Too movement. It is Tarana Burke, who I think initially had the hashtag. She said the outcome, the the notion that the outcome of the Johnny Depp trial would end the movement itself, she said is nonsense. She said the Me Too movement isn't dead. The system is dead. This is the same legal system that y'all have been relying on for justice and accountability for decades to no avail. When you get the verdict you want, the movement works. When you don't, it's dead. She's saying that notion is ridiculous. I push back on, you know, we're both lawyers here. I don't think the legal system is dead. I think this is the legal system working. Now, whether you like the way the legal system works is an entirely different situation than than uh, sort of whether it works to me, right? Well, I mean, the legal system is, you, look, we have a jury system. It has a lot of flaws. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a the form of justice we've decided to use in this country, though, where we have seven people who are not experts, listen to witnesses, and assess their credibility. Right. That is what the jury system is. Right. They got there. You can't say it's wrong. Right. Do you know what I mean? In, yeah. in the sense that the jury sat there, they didn't believe right. Amber Heard. Now, it's only seven people, so I don't think it's this grand vindication of Johnny Depp that Johnny Depp wants to say, I've now cleared my name. No, seven people sat in a room and agreed that Amber Heard was lying. That doesn't mean that the entirety of the country, it just means that he won this court case. Um, but I don't also think that it means that the, the jury system doesn't work. I, I think it does work. Yeah. Well, Winston Churchill said about democracy, right? Democracy is a terrible form of government. It's just the best we've got. Yes. The jury system is a terrible form, a terrible way to, to resolve disputes. <laughs> But it's the best we've got. And obviously, these folks, the the main purpose of a jury is to assess the credibility 
of witnesses and their competing testimony. In this case, it was directly competing testimony. He beat me. I never touched her. And the jury has to assess credibility. You certainly don't want to leave it into one person sitting up in a robe. Although to most, assess of the world does. most of the world most does. Most of the world does have a judge sit up there and, and assess most credibility. Most of the world also lives under a tyrannical government. That's right. right. I mean, that's not what we want. We want a system where a jury of our peers, people of our peers, assess credibility. And here they found her totally non-credible. Yep. And that's we we live with that. Some people don't don't agree with it. We have people, colleagues of ours here, who are in, outraged yeah. that the jury found found the way they did and think the jury system should be abolished because of it. Yeah, but, but be careful what you wish be for. Careful Toronto what you wish if you're for. saying the jury system didn't it failed you here, it's it, it, you know it'll get you the results you want in a lot of other cases. So be careful. Be right. careful about those uh, right. sort of grand sweeping pronouncements. Speaking anyway. speaking of countries that have not always had a uh, fair and free democracy, although we got our system. common law system from this place, but uh, yes, let's talk about the British government. Queen Elizabeth had her had her jubilee, her 70 year anniversary of of uh, the monarchy, which is. Pretty Pretty incredible. I yes. mean, just the fact she's 96 years old still seems to be completely with it from all indications, right? She's yeah, I mean, had she's some showing physical her age, physically, but, but yeah. it seems that she's still, uh, for what we can tell, mentally out there waving. Yeah, you know, doing her <laughs> queen stuff. doing more than out there waving. <laughs> she's being propped up. Um, but you know, what one of the th a few things have come out of this. You know, the 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 little boy. What's his name? The uh, the uh, oh uh, Louis. Louis 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 has waving. stolen the show from his from his great grandmother for right, sure. Right, right, He's the, the youngest of Prince William. Right, but the biggest and story, of the course, is the whole thing. I is love this it. is the reunion of Meghan and Harry? They've come back to London. They have uh, celebrated sort of alongside their relatives, the Queen's Jubilee. What, what do you got? There? Yeah, so you know, everyone is looking at what's what's interesting to me is the Queen's Jubilee is about her 70 years on the throne. No monarch has, you know, ruled for 70 years. Is that true? I, Any monarch in the world? Uh, it might be true, actually. Certainly in, 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 in England, in, in England it is true. She's passed Victoria by. Yeah. She blew past Victoria. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that's true. There's probably some sort of like, you know, baby that was crowned king and, right, and, right, right, and right, ruled right. for 80 years in some, some country. But this is a big deal. 70 years. Yet all the stories are about ooh, who's there and who gets to go and sit on the balcony. Well, the biggest one is Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. They are not on the balcony. Now, the balcony for a lot of these, uh, a lot of the pomp and circumstances We've all seen it. is We've all important, seen it. Right, right? That's where we're seeing, you know, Louis making the faces at the flyovers and so forth. So being on the balcony is an important uh, symbol of the closeness of the royal family. They're not on the balcony. They are uh, watching from the major general's office, which sounds right out of like a Gilbert and Sullivan, a modern major general. Yeah, right. And we uh, they're over there with the other important people. You know, there's, uh, you know, the queen's other great and great grandchildren, uh, Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugenie. But, you know, Harry you would expect is is a part of the nuclear royal family and he's not up there. Obviously there's right. been a lot of friction over over the past well, few years with them leaving the royal family and Meghan and all it's all all those sorts of things. But right. it's interesting. It's, it's remarkable in that he he was obviously the grandson of of the Queen mm -hmm. and was always thought of as being her favorite grandson. Yeah. Uh, she loved this little guy. He was the precocious one. He was the... He says grandma says things to me that she doesn't say to right, other people. Exactly. That they yes. clearly had a special relationship, mm -hmm. but look, he, uh, you know, w after he married Meghan, they left the royal family. He still holds some royal title, but not all the royal prerogatives. And one of the prerogatives that he lost was the ability to stand on the balcony for the Jubilee. Yes. And we as Americans kind of laugh at these old traditions. It's very important to the British people, and I think very. it's very important to Harry. I think Meghan, my guess is, my take is, is saying Good. Right. We don't want to be up there with them anyway. This gross old fussy family. Right, this exactly. Is ridiculous. Right. Yes. And I think it 
pains Harry to the core. I couldn't agree more. I think this has to gnaw at him. This is his entire existence is built about uh, around the royalty of his blood, and he was left out of one of the biggest celebrations for the royal family in, in years. You only get these jubilees every you know five or ten years, and you know she's getting on in years. This could be the last one. Yeah. I was told by a very good source it was pretty tense today that behind the scenes apparently there was some disquiet from palace officials that Meghan and Harry turned up apparently 15 minutes late, not for the actual start of the parade, but 15 minutes later than they were supposed to. And apparently it was all quite frosty behind the scenes and the rest of the family went out in the garden and were milling around and they just disappeared. So there's already a lot of tension there and the only glue it seems in this whole tension is the Queen. Absolutely. And she's now not going to be there. It's a big deal that he's not on the balcony. Now, there is some sort of counter narrative that there's still warmth left because Queen Elizabeth had not met her youngest grand, great grandchild, Lilibet, who yes. is Harry's daughter. He, yes. She had met Archie, um, but there, there is now there are now reports that she met Lilibet. So that's good that they're still at their core, despite all the palace intrigue and uh -huh. the fact that they operate at a roof. They are a family. And, yes. you know, she's not going to not meet her, her blood relative, a yeah. little adorable little girl. So that's nice to hear. But I think there's still a lot of friction. Um, another guy who's not there is obviously Prince Andrew. Right. Well, he's a Accused, accused of many acts of uh, sex with underage women, uh, a whole Jeffrey Epstein scandal that he was wrapped up in. It's and fascinating so. that he will not have to really face justice, though. It's, it's yeah. interesting to see this in the modern context where people are trying to sue Prince Andrew. People are trying to hold him accountable and charge him with things. But he really operates at a remove from society. It, royals are the last people who are truly above the law. Yes, that's right. right. You that's can't right. capture them. Let's not hold our breath. Prince Andrew will never face a court of law. He will always be allowed to get away with these crimes, these alleged crimes that he committed and who knows may still be committing and uh, it's remarkable it, it, to, it, to, it, to see it in a the man modern of context. great privilege and power and they get a, they get away with things for a long time any questions about the name Lilibet at all Do well you, you know queen... she's it's the closest to the queen right? yes yeah, right, the right, queen right. is I think her nickname on the crown is Lil Lilibet right isn't oh is that right I think so but I, her name's Elizabeth and they name this kid officially Lilibet it's little Elizabeth I think is probably a derivation these Brits you know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know their nicknames <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Ragaton's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Ragaton is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Let's uh, let's quickly talk about J Lo and Ben Affleck. Yeah. They, you know, obviously have been house hunting for a long time. They're they're clearly, you know, engaged and going to spend the rest of their lives together. The mm -hmm. whole thing, and to uh, you know, formalize that a little bit more, they've been searching for houses and may have actually seized one. They, there is a, a good story out there. Their car was spotted at a massive estate in Beverly Hills. Moving trucks outside. Mm -hmm. We haven't gotten official word that they, they, they purchased the house, but it's a sixty million dollar house, uh, formally owned by James. Pat 
Becker, the the uh, Mariah Carey's paramour. Yeah. Mar- well, billionaire Australian yeah. uh, shipping magnate or something. Or am I, I don't know. That? I feel like we always default to shipping magnate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, we're just gonna, say he owns some ships. Uh, what well, we're going to shipping magnate. Um, but sixty billion dollar house, uh, sixty million. million dollar house, multi billionaire James Packer, a yeah. uh, hundred multi hundred millionaire J Lo and and Ben Affleck. You know who lived there before? Who's that? Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. Goodness. Who knew that? Um, they have that those kind walls of coin, could talk. Huh? It's amazing. I just imagine Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman's house being, you know, miniaturized in some way. Like all of the doorways are like like a Hobbit house. Boy, so, oh boy. This is this is really good. Oh, no, I don't think that's I don't think that's well, negative to them. They're well, small people. I don't they, think they, they are would say small we're people. Large. Yeah, but I, I also picture <laughs> Rhea and, and Danny living in a house with like old newspapers stacked up yes. in every corner <laughs> and sort of amazed that they have to walk through in order to get from room to room. Is Rhea doing the crossword puzzle in the morning and right, a right. breakfast note? Yes, that's all I yes, imagine. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get to the nineteen eighty four uh, Hollywood <laughs> Hollywood report in just a minute. And, and meanwhile I picture J Lo and Ben having grand open sweet. Keeping, yes. you know, views of everything with yes. with no walls in their house whatsoever. I imagine big lawn, big tacky lawn ornaments being brought out of these moving trucks. Don't you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I want to see the clash of their styles because I I think of Ben as sort of a Boston guy, yeah, and her as a sort of larger than life, you know, yeah, big style. So I want to see how those two yeah. things really merge. They, they're they're yeah. going to be married forever and ever, right? This this is this is going to last. Listen, she's the, been married a number of times, and uh, well, they're they're at the midpoint of life. You don't really want another divorce under your belt, right? I mean, yeah. So, so I think. I think they're probably in it for the long haul. We'll see. Uh, let's wrap things up with Nene Leakes. This story, you know, fascinates us because it's a wrinkle in the law, right? She her, she um, began dating uh, a, a gentleman. You, you say his name for uh, me. Yeah, so she's no, been it's dating just his name. the husband. Uh, so his name is Nyansala, yeah, I believe. Nyansala. Uh, this is a married man. His, yes. his wife is named Malamine Temesio, uh, who has filed a lawsuit against Nene Leakes. Now, she filed it in North Carolina. We'll tell you why that's important. But the lawsuit essentially says, Nene, you stole my man. You, yes. uh, I, I was, this was a married man. Uh, you started sleeping with him. Uh, this was a very public spectacle. You put it all over your Instagram. Uh, it started to alienate my husband from me. I can no longer get affection. I can no longer get emotional support. I can no longer get financial support. We have now separated in December and you owe me, Nini, not my husband. I can go through a divorce with him, but you have committed a tort against yeah. me. You owed me the duty of not sleeping with my husband. Yeah. And in North Carolina, you can sue over it. What's it like? Jason? Right. So so this is old legal adage called the alienation of affection. And to Derek, as Derek just said, it comes when somebody, an interloper, comes into your to your relationship and steals your man or steals your woman from you sue them for alienation of affection. Something that's a home record law. That's right, what it is. It's a home record law. And this is bit this was forever the law in all I think all 50 states at one point or another. 43 of those states have since gotten rid of their home record, their alienation of affection laws. And so it is now perfectly legal to pilfer somebody else's spouse. But in seven states, North Carolina being one of them, which is why Derek made reference to the state, North Carolina being one of them, alienation of affection laws are still very much on the books. You are allowed to sue for it. And NeNe Leakes is being sued for stealing uh, Melamine's man. Now, we got to tell you why this is sort of shocking to lawyers, uh, you know, in this day and age. This day and age. And when you when you learn about, you know, what you can sue over, one of the first things you have to establish is some sort of duty, right? Right. Like if you go into a store and you slip in the store, the store owed you a duty to not have slippery stores. You can sue them and say, hey, your floor was slippery. I expect to go into a store and be able to walk through the aisles with 
without slipping on something. You owe me money because I slipped. Right. With a woman who steals or, or, or anyone, a, a person who steals your spouse, that person doesn't owe you anything. Right. They don't owe you a thing. So right. to have a law where all of a sudden they are liable, it, remember, the person who owed the duty is the husband. Right. He obviously owed a duty. Of, but there's of, no of lawsuit sort of against the husband. But there's no That's, lawsuit against the husband. So there's no law that outlaws cheating. That's yes. okay. That's okay. You are just not allowed to steal somebody else's man. And specifically, it's grounds for divorce, but it's not. Right, yes. right. And specifically what's happening here is you have to, the, the sort of the, the impetus behind the law is you can't target somebody else's spouse. Yes. It's not, this is not a law meant for somebody who just has a one night stand out of a bar because you got drunk. That's and not had no idea that the guy took his wedding r- right. ring off. That, that's an right. inadvertent way because of cheating. What, yes. ha- what has to happen here is you have to deprive the, mar- the, the wronged married spouse of the affection that they would have had, not just for that night, but for all time. The person actually has to leave their spouse or lose affection for their spouse and has to have been targeted by the third party. You have to knowingly do right. it. Nini Hetta said, I know that guy's a married man, but I'm a steal. So the only other time we've ever seen this during our TMZ lives is uh, there's a football player, excellent football player, potential future, future Hall of Famer for the Philadelphia Eagles named Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox was sued in North Carolina mm-hmm. by a man who said that he targeted his wife. He ended up sleeping with his wife and then had the quotes from his wife, which said, this man gives me something you simply could never give me husband. And therefore I want nothing to do with you anymore. I'm going to, I want to go be with Fletcher Cox. She experienced something that she said in text messages. I, you can't give me only Fletcher Cox can give me the satisfaction I need out of my relationship. And therefore, I want to leave you. It was pretty stark evidence for a law like this. Right. Is, is you, you, what alienated me? No, we had our problems. No, we didn't have any problems. I just met Fletcher. Right. And Fletcher opened my eyes. Right. That's truly alienation of affection because right. if you can but, hide your wife and have her never with right. somebody else, then they don't know what they're But for Fletcher Cox, they'd still be a happily married couple. But you, Fletcher Cox comes along and he, <laughs> she says, I don't want you, husband. I want Fletcher. I know. I live in fear of this in my in my marriage because literally it wouldn't take Fletcher Cox. It would take anyone else. Right. And I can't allow me. I need Mary to walk through the world like a like a like a Central Park horse with blinders right. on. Do you live it's in fear my of only it? chance? Do you live in fear of it? Or are you like, eh, if it happens, <laughs> I deserve it. it I have sort of like led with my head on, on this in, in my in my time here. So much is going on in the world. Let's just try to show each other a little more love. <laughs> And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's a lot going on in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm already out here a husband stealer, and this is too much. And ain't nobody out here stealing husbands, are they? Okay. I would never. There's too many going around, honey. It's a lot of single people out here. Last night, I saw a lot of single people in the building last mm-hmm. night. So um, I don't think it's nobody want to steal nobody else's problems. But anyway, this is, it's fascinating. Now, Nini, for her part, is saying, I'd never steal somebody's husband. Nobody wants to steal somebody else's problem. She's sort of making a joke yeah. out of, of it. But she's also probably uh, talked with some lawyers who said, look, this is a a real cause of action here. So we need you to come out and say, you didn't intentionally do this. So so she's doing it in a kind of funny way. And she's saying, I would never steal Re- someone's yeah. husband. Never steal. The real the real defense is they had huge problems. He was going to leave her regardless right. of me. I'm not the cause of it. So the, It's the, hard for, to win these lawsuits. Even in places like North yeah. Carolina and Utah where these causes of action still exist. But it's fascinating to see because people are like, look, a homewrecker has done something bad. So there's a yeah. visceral feeling that there should be a remedy for, right. for someone who deliberately steals married spouses. But it's odd. Yeah. It's odd. All right, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us. Check out the podcast anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, Apple, Spotify, everywhere else. We're on YouTube as well. We're on you YouTube, see man. these beautiful faces. Download it there. Take All care. right, have a great weekend. See you. 